Welcome to the Kupinger Coal Analyst Chat. I'm your host. My name is Matthias Reinhardt. I'm the Director of the Practice Identity and Access Management here at Kupinger Coal Analysts. My guest today is Alexei Balaganski. He is a lead analyst with Kupinger Coal, mainly in the areas of cybersecurity, but much more. Hi, Alexei. Hello, Matthias. Great to be uh, here again. Great to have you. We want to cover a topic where we want to talk about actually opinions. Um, we are talking about a topic that is really in all media, be it consumer media, be it tech media, be it in blogs on Twitter, you can find it anywhere. And we will cover that topic also during our upcoming event in Berlin in May. There will be the European Identity and Cloud Conference. There will be quite some buzz around the topic of machine learning, about machine learning models and how they are now available to almost everybody. We want to talk about the generation or the automated generation of pictures, but much more importantly, of texts. You already guessed it, it's the, um, the discussion about chat GPT and how it will change the way of how people are doing business, of how children, uh, pupils are learning and how analysts are, do, are doing their work. And I think you have a really strong opinion about what ChatGPT means for analysts or for journalists or for everybody writing texts, right, Alexei? Well, uh, you're absolutely right, Matthias. And uh, this is a bubbling, a really hot uh, uh, widely discussed topic uh, nowadays. And of course, one has to understand that kind of the AI in general, the machine learning in general is definitely not new. I mean, we've been using AI slash ML tools for decades, really. What people are now uh, talking about is this new generations of uh, tools, which to many people just look like, like magic, basically. I mean, wow, uh, now uh, a machine learning tool, basically a robot can draw a picture and it will look much better than, for example, any picture I could draw. Or, wow, a chatbot can actually not just uh, reply to your ticket order, for example, as it could do 20 years ago. It can actually write an essay for you. Or even, or I don't know, there have been uh, experiments where students have actually successfully submitted a diploma written entirely by ChatGPT, and it was accepted. It was not a really good mark in the end, but it was good enough for human uh, academics to think that it was a real diploma. So yeah, stuff's happening, really exciting stuff. But as always, uh, exciting things uh, sometimes cause overreaction. And in that sense, I am definitely a skeptic. Maybe I am even slightly uh, too old for that, or maybe it's just my uh, background, uh, since I actually have a degree in uh, applied mathematics, so statistics and uh, all those methods which are actually used in machine learning are my specialty, or at least were 20-something years ago. So I just cannot look at it uh, as a magic trick. I'm looking at all these developments uh some degree of skepticism and tr trying to understand, is it really worth it? I mean, what other potential problems we can face over relying on these tools and whether it's really uh, makes sense for me, for you, for coping a call an analyst house and the entirety of, for example, cybersecurity industry to rely on those tools blindly. 
Right. And I think it's really of importance to understand what these tools can deliver, where they might even add value and where not. So I think we, both of you, both of us, <laughs> of course, are relying on the work that we're doing as analysts. So we create texts, we do research, we try to generate new information because that's the job an analyst has to do most of the time. So really understanding new developments. Um, but don't you think that there could be support in that process also by ChatGPT and or uh, and any other of these now upcoming new types of, of assistance that can help you? Well, first of all, again, kind of, this is not really anything new. Like, for example, a few years ago already, Oracle has come up with their, as they call it, an autonomous database. A database service which basically runs without any human intervention. It's tuned, it's powered by a set of machine learning models. To me, it actually sounds like a, a much more sophisticated and much more uh, important achievement in the field of AI than a general purpose chatbot. Uh, and of course, uh, back then, a few years ago, there was also a really heated discussion. Does it mean that all the DBAs, the database administrators, are going to be out of work? Uh, so there were some tragedies predicted. But in the end, nothing really happened. I mean, uh, yes, uh, the database is running fine. People are using it. The DBAs now have much more free time to do something more interesting, research-related, whatever, not just the, this menial daily uh, job of basically tweaking the uh, the dials and stuff like that. Uh, the difference now is basically that the same kind of technological jump is now just much more visible for the general public because nobody understands a database, but everybody understands uh, writing an essay because everybody uh, at least had to do it back in school. So yeah, uh, a chatbot like... Uh, ChatGPT uh, released by OpenAI recently or similar developments by Google and Microsoft, they can really now be convincing enough to not just persuade you that you are talking to a human. So they're kind of passing Turing tests with the flying colors, not a problem at all, but they can actually replace some of the jobs that are traditionally been done by humans. Like, for example, uh, a ChatGPT can probably write a convincing article for a newspaper and nobody will even uh, think that it was written by a robot. And of course, the question is now, does it mean that all journalists will be out of their jobs soon? It's, it's a difficult question uh, to answer because, so yes, there will definitely be some journalists who will be out of their jobs because they are just really bad journalists. They cannot write something uh, good enough uh, to sound better than stuff generated by a robot. So yeah, those people might be in trouble, but do they really represent the majority? Probably not. Right, and I think especially journalists or analysts are maybe a good example because we cannot just rely on a training material that is already there, and this is what these chatbots do. They they are trained with more or less the internet, so they have um, all the training material at hand, but that does not mean that they understand new trends, new technologies that we deal with all the time as analysts when we're talking to vendors, to when we try to identify new trends. And on the other hand, a journalist sometimes has to leave the building and take 
their camera or their mobile phone and just go there where news happens. This would be also some kind of work that just cannot be taken over by uh, just a trained bot, right? All right. And this is a really important point you just mentioned. First of all, AI, at least uh, quote-unquote AI, those chatbots which we are talking about today, they cannot, they still cannot really think the way we traditionally understand people are thinking, or even, I don't know, like dogs and crows and stuff, and animals who can use tools, whatever. It's not that kind of thinking yet. It's basically just using lots of computing power and uh, massive amounts of data to do mathematics, to recombine those uh, data, to find patterns, to detect uh, anomalies, to reply some algorithm and to produce some really interesting outcomes. And of course, those outcomes can be generated much faster than a human would do. So yeah, we are already in there when writing an essay can be done much faster than by a human. But again, it says nothing about the quality of the output. As you just mentioned, uh, AIs, machine learning models are trained on data and they're still trained by humans. The data is never current enough. It's never complete enough. It always has inherent biases. We all know those stories from the past where uh, an image recognition model cannot uh, reliably detect black people, for example, because just nobody bothered to train it on black people. Or uh, it, uh, if you're going back to cybersecurity, I mean, new stuff happens not just daily, but every second, literally. And unless you ensure that your model knows about that stuff, that it's updated and retrained, if not every second, but at least like every hour, that will never be current enough to keep up with the uh, uh, malicious actors. But in the end, uh, again, it's just kind of a, mach uh, a machine learning model and AI in the modern uh, understanding. It just does not have its own voice. It doesn't have its own opinion. It's all basically rehashing and combining existing data. So would you want to read uh, a journalist who has no opinion? Would you want to hear an analyst who has absolutely no nothing to say on the subject other than repeating you the same stories you've probably read somewhere else? Probably not. So it's to me, it's much less a technology issue. It's, it's a purely a reputational issue. Like, I would just uh, proclaim zero trust for AI. Like, fine, ChatGPT has its uses, uh, Delhi or Midjourney or whatever the other image generation uh, tools have the uses, but not for me, not for me as an analyst. As an analyst, my most uh, valuable contribution to any discussion or research is my opinion, after all, and my expertise. And both just cannot be replaced by an AI, at least yet. At least I hope so. So I'll just say zero trust for AI. I just I will never use ChatGPT for anything regarding my work because why should I? If I'm looking for some existing information, well, Wikipedia is still pretty useful. If I'm uh, using for hands-on information, just as you mentioned, like. Uh, a journalist would take a camera and actually travel to uh, like a war region, for example, and uh, find something himself. Yeah, I would rather do my own research than relying on someone else's rehashing of data. 
And in the end, it's my reputation at stake. It's my opinion that counts. And of course, I would still value a human opinion much higher than one from a chatbot. Do you fear being exploited by models that are trained on the data that you produce, on your intellectual property? Do you expect that to be an issue in the future? Uh, as it is trained with everything that's around, it might be trained with what you and I say. Well, I, I can totally uh, understand the frustration of people like artists, because, for example, those are those were the people affected kind of the first uh, time those image generation networks have appeared, especially those artists who just said, hey, look, this picture, I mean, it has like the face of my uh, older work or I don't know, the, the legs from some other artist works. It's just a combination of existing parts. So yeah, in a way, I, I can understand their frustration. For me as an analyst, uh, as I'm mostly writing texts, I'm mostly kind of dealing with uh, less artistic and more factual data, it's probably less relevant because again, kind of, you cannot uh, patent, you cannot, uh, you cannot claim ownership on facts. So I would rather say, no, I'm actually, uh, I'm totally fine if a chatbot reuses my research, provided of course it cites me as a source or cites copying a call as a source. It's actually, it would help our, us to spread the awareness of our research. But yeah, it's again, it's uh, it's a subject which has very little to do with technology, more with the society, the laws and regulations, just keeping up with the with the developments. Right. This is really a podcast episode that contains opinions and expectations. One thing that I really I'm not quite sure really really what that means when it comes to um, the the the, the farer future. If we think of more and more content on the internet being generated by those AIs, these machine learning processes, and we should expect that because that is happening just right now. And if we have other or the same machine learning models being trained with data that has been generated in that way, does that also, or could that mean that we are narrowing down our intellectual scope because it will be again and again something that is reproduced and re rearranged but it's just more of the same you know uh, if any one of our listeners is really interested in this uh, philosophical and conceptual ideas i could only recommend reading a, a really famous book by a uh, polish author stanislav lem actually i think it was at least 50 or 60 years ago he has written a, a major Uh, study of this uh, I think it's the book is called The Sum of Technology and it basically back then he predicted a lot of the modern developments, the AI, the virtual reality, the uh, kind of self-thinking uh, military uh, weapons and stuff like that and yes uh, kind of with the amount of data the society, the humankind now produces. And I remember hearing somewhere that like the 90% of all data we have collectively produced through the entire history has been generated two years ago. So the, the amount of data grows exponentially. We just don't have enough humans to make sense of all this data. So yeah, we absolutely need AIs. We absolutely need machine learning models to deal with that uh, information and kind of not just regurgitate, but actually process and uh, hopefully skillfully making some conclusions from that data and basically 
bringing those conclusions back to us because it just it will never work otherwise. Uh, but we have to understand uh, the quality of these conclusions uh, depends heavily on the quality of the inputs. And the inputs is still us, basically. It's still our data, it's still our biases, it's still our uh, well, garbage in, garbage out in the end. And we have to work as hard as possible to prevent that. There are some really interesting developments happening with uh, regards to explainability of AI models, with prevention of biases, whether it's like racial or national or whatever, any other type of bias. Some are conscious, some are unconscious, but it has to be somehow measured and understand, uh, understood. And yes, uh, kind of, there are tools for that as well already, just like there are tools for actually detecting the traces of ChatGPT in your essay. And again, it goes back to the reputation issue. Like, yeah, if you are a student, you can absolutely submit your next literary essay to your school professor using ChatGPT. You will probably save two hours of your life doing that. But uh, the professor will use an existing tool to do, detect your cheating, and it will take him one minute. Do you think the risk is worth it? I would say probably not. And it's, the risk is the same for me as an analyst. I could absolutely probably write my next product review using ChatGPT, but I will be detected uh, even before it's published. And my reputation would be, if not ruined, but at least tarnished. Like, do I want to do it? No, I definitely don't. And this is, again, this is uh, my firm opinion. AI is still a tool. AI is still an extremely useful tool. Uh, those models will grow in uh, applications and importance in the future. But at least I really hope that in my lifetime, no AI will replace me. And I will do my <laughs> best uh, kind of expressing opinions and providing uh, points for discussions and so on to make sure that at least I am more interesting than ChatGPT. I fully agree on that. Uh, but nevertheless, the genie is out of the bottle. The tools are there. And you rightfully said it's a tool. It's a set of tools that can assist us, that can maybe make... Uh, life easier and in some parts, but it cannot and it will not replace everything that is around uh, creativity um, and and really innovativeness. Uh, the tool itself are they are innovative. There are great technologies in there there, and but it depends on how we use that. We will continue that discussion um, at EIC with other standpoints, with maybe more optimistic, more um, um, yeah, forward-looking uh, standpoints as well. So this is a great discussion. If you agree with Alexei, if you disagree with Alexei, um, leave your comment uh, on YouTube in the comment section below this this video. Um, if you want to continue that discussion, please join us uh, at EIC because there will be several tracks around that topic. I'm invited. I will be a speaker on that panel. I'm really looking forward to, the, to that as well. Um, and while we are not yet at EIC, please be careful for what and how you use these tools. Have fun with them, but um, take it with a pinch of salt, as, as Alexei said. Additional thoughts from your side? 
Yes, uh, absolutely, Matthias. Like uh, we can encourage everyone to make fun with those tools, uh, try to understand whether it can actually be useful for a specific business and cybersecurity and maybe even identity uh, related uh, applications. But just be aware of all the potential risks. And those are not just the inherent risks of any AI model, as we discussed earlier, the biases and the explainability and stuff. There are also risks in the specific implementations. Like we, for example, heard the stories about uh, the chatbot by Google, which said something wrong and uh, kind of knocked off $100 billion of Google's market capitalization. So probably uh, that kind of risk is not really relevant for a smaller company like Cooper and Co. But again, kind of if uh, if you blindly rely on every uh, response from a chatbot to be true, then you really should not. Even the likes of Google make those mistakes. So just at least try to learn on their mistakes and not repeat all of those by yourself. So again, great tools, great opportunities. Lots of new risks. Let's discuss those. Let's understand those. And let's kind of try to find the balance between those benefits and risks. Absolutely. And in the end, these are language models. These are not knowledge models. They don't claim to be um, genius. They don't claim to know anything. They are just great in creating text. So that is what they are about. And this is what they are really doing well. But maybe as an exercise for the for the audience after listening to that, try to make JetGPT uh, lying. Um, it's possible. You just just need to ask the right questions, and it will lie to you. Um, because, but it will do that in in very nice words with great languages, like with great, with a great language. Um, thank you, Alexei, for being my guest today. Um, and if you have good lies that JetGPT tells you. Leave them, leave them in the comment section as well. Um, but, uh, for the time being, I'm looking forward to the EIC. I'm looking forward to having you, Alexei, uh, back soon uh, with another topic and maybe also again with an opinion piece. Um, uh, until then, uh, thank you very much and um, goodbye. Thanks. Goodbye. Bye.